It's another one. I got that juice, juice. New AP. She got that juice, juice, juice. She got that squeeze, squeeze. She got that wet, wet. I'm on them skis. I got that drip, drip. I'm overseas. Well, I don't need to hear it from any of you guys. Yes, I lost my parlay this week. I picked the Buccaneer. I picked the Bills to beat the Buccaneers prematurely, even though I, even though like Eli Schmidt told me, Tom Brady doesn't lose games in Tampa. And I picked the football team, and they damn near came close to coming back there, but they didn't. It sucks. But what's weird is. I think I'm like 100% on picking spreads. So we might have to switch to that, honestly. I don't know what I don't know what I'm going to do, but spreads might be the move. I just like picking money lines cuz there's so much less risky, but fuck. I mean, it's it's if if the spreads are working, you got to go spreads. I'm also I think almost 100% on picking the Packers this year, so they're going to consistently be in the parlay until, you know, things get bad. But uh so I kind of was I was in a roadblock. I was in a mental block. Like I come home from the from the Rockets game, the Rockets kill the Oshkosh West Wildcats, and I just hit a mental block. Like, what am I gonna do for the juice tonight? I gotta play 2K tonight. I gotta play Rocket League tonight. But I gotta get a, I gotta get some segments in because I'm gonna do two other segments tomorrow during release. So what do I do? I'm gonna talk about the Packer game. I can do that obviously, but I I gotta do I gotta think of something else. So I was like, you know what? Let's just have Eli Schmidt on. Eli Schmidt. Eli had a great game. Eli had a great game against Oshkosh West tonight. Probably his best game of the season. He was, you know, hitting threes. He had a dunk. He was doing, basically doing it all. He was rebounding well, too. So, I'm going to have him on in just a little bit. And, yeah. So, we'll, we'll get ready for that. How are you doing tonight, kid? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I, I, told, I told the viewers that I just hit, like, a mental block. I didn't know what to do tonight. And I was like, you know, you had a good game. Might as well, might as well have you on. Sure, sure. So, so let's talk about that. Uh, you killed it against Oshkosh West. You drained a couple threes, had a dunk. How how are you feeling tonight? Obviously, that you know they're they're not the greatest of opponents, but you've played well against good opponents this year. So, like, but this is, I, I'd say this is the best you've looked offensively this season. What what was going on through with you tonight? You just were you just, were you just feeling it? Uh yeah, uh, definitely probably my best offensive game so far. But uh, I started out really slow. I uh, I missed a layup and had a turnover. And then I got pulled out, and coach kind of got into me a little bit. It must have fired me up because from there on out, I was pretty efficient. Yeah. So, um, so you guys currently have one one loss on the season. You lost Appleton East in a tough, tough game. But, uh, you know, the conference is starting to come to fruition here. You got Kimberly got upset by Oshkosh North. And just there, there's so many teams just, like, losing to each other. And so far, you and Appleton East really look like the top dogs. Like, how are you going to have to – be able to stay consistent this year, you know, not trip up against those teams that you think you're going to beat while you're looking ahead to, you know, play out to the East. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just don't think we can overlook opponents because I think that's what Kimberly must've done, but uh, we, we really got to beat a East next time we play them. Cause that'll hopefully shake things out in the standings at the end of the year. But uh, I don't know. We just can't overlook opponents like Hortonville. We play next week. They're uh, not supposed to be unbelievable, but I've heard they're a tough team and, they got some strong guys. We can't overlook them at all. Yeah, I mean those farm guys. I mean, you know they're right. out in the they're out they're out in the fields. You know, <laughs> bailing hay and exactly. what and doing it whatever the hell they're doing out in the farms. Yeah, they got they got that farm strength, so they're gonna be tough. Right. Now, last week I did a podcast of my top five listeners, and I remember saying immediately, like 
when I knew my, did my top five listeners, you were number one. How does it feel knowing like I essentially just kind of I just I just hyped you up like I just hyped thirty viewers and just said Eli is number one out of all of you. Like how does it feel to be number one there? Now listen, Jace. I, when I say that I am honored, that is an incredible understatement. <laughs> I'm struggling to think of the word to use, you know, to describe how I feel. But I was listening to the. Uh, I was listening and I was like, I gotta be top five, right? You know, I listen to every podcast, give feedback. And then it was down to the top two and I didn't hear my name at two. So uh, I got pretty excited and I listened to the whole thing with a smile. That was probably the best speech I've ever gotten about me from anyone. I mean, the heart was warm. It was just, just great vibes. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, yeah, you deserve it, kid. I mean, you have, you've been there since day one and I, I respect, I respect, I respect the hell out of you for doing, for listening to every single episode. Like people like you just make me want to keep going. And yeah. That's what I'm here for, for that. And for, and for that, I truly, I truly thank you. Now me and you have a, we got, you're obviously on the court right now, but me and you have a, have a, you know, something going on in the sticks. We are currently Dane and Victor in some league coming up uh, last year for people that don't know me and Eli were in a, games we're on the best of seven of seven game series like we would play seven games in the series you got one and then that was best of seven for that and we lost in seven of seven games tough maybe the most sad i've ever been playing xbox eli what do we have to do this time around to beat well you know dane that feeling you know when we lost sunk back into the chair couldn't really move i mean i was just heartbroken i mean worse than a breakup but uh i mean you, we've talked before, and uh, I really like when you say that. I, I I'm gonna give the edge to uh, Dane and Victor for their skill in the game. I think they are truly talent wise better than us. But you know, our communication, our game plan before the game, our uh, team chemistry. I think we we can really play as a team, and uh, I think we can steal this one from them. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean Dane and Victor. They're out here doing aerials, and me and you kind of like we stay grounded. We just stay right. grounded and we, and we just get, we just kick the ball into the goal and just, you know, hope, hope, hope we were up on the score of it at the end of the game. But, uh, right. but now I, okay, I got to talk to you about this. So the Packers are the one seed right now. We're looking, we're looking really good. Now I, I got to have, I, I feel like I'm, I'm planning on having more Packer fans on, you know, going into the playoffs and stuff like that. Eli, how, how do you, how are you liking the Packers coming in? Me and you are, you know, two very big Packer fans. We watch we watch a lot of the playoff games together. What what do we need to do this time around? Because last year we thought we had it and we just came that close. What do we have to do this time around? You know, I think uh, I've been reading Twitter and stuff, and uh, our stats, especially Aaron Rodgers, but the team stats at home are tremendously better than away. So uh, if we went out, and I really like our schedule for the rest of the year, if we went out like we should. And uh, I think the only team that could even come close to us is the Bucks if we play our best football. And uh, I think if we got the home field advantage there, I think we get that one from them. So winning out is uh, is a big priority. Oh, yes. I mean, last year we had the home field advantage. This year we might still have it. Well, right. <laughs> that, 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 that number 12 in Tampa, you can never, you never count him out. <laughs> oh, right. Tom Brady does not lose football games in Tampa. So. Exactly. No, no. You know, I, swear, I swear to God, that, what was, I, this is, is going to be my next question for you. You listen to my you listen to my hypothetical pick four parlay. I don't gamble, but I just try to help other people out. Right. And and you told me you didn't like my picks because Tom Brady doesn't lose football games in Tampa. What I mean, I mean, look what how how I mean, are, are, are you are you are you psychic? I, you told me I, mean, I was going to be wrong, and I was wrong. Yeah, I mean, he's he's probably 
he's up there, one or two for being the go to football. I mean, when he's got his fans behind him, he he doesn't lose football games. He's a, he's a winner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I more next time. Next time I do one of my parlays, I'll tell you and I'll tell you, warn you, and then you just say, "Yeah, juice that, that's that one's good to go." Yeah, yeah, or, that'd be a good know, decision. By you. That'd be a good decision. All right. So thank you, Eli. Uh, this was very spontaneous. I texted you literally ten minutes ago if you wanted to be on, and yeah, you did it for me. That's why I love you. You always help me out. So thank you for thank you for giving me a segment, and uh, I'll see you on Xbox in about twenty minutes. For sure, I'll be on. All right. See ya. See ya. All right. That was a good. That was a good little interview there with Eli. And he, I plan on not having someone on next week too. Uh, Brady Corso has been playing very good basketball, so might have him on. He's a listener. Uh, yeah, maybe Carter Thomas here or there. We'll we'll see. But uh, anyways, it's time to talk about the Packers. We do it every single week. We couldn't do it last week because of the bye, but big win obviously over the Bears. Any game is a big win when you're in this close of a race for the one seed. And uh, I'm loving what I'm seeing from my team. Aaron Rodgers, uh, in my opinion, deserves the MVP. Matt LaFleur is guy's just a wizard with a playbook. The defense is playing insane. Rasul Douglas, I mean, wow. What a pickup that was. Brian Gutekunst really deserves a lot of credit. He he goes into the season, and basically basically everyone in the NFL world and everyone in Green, every, anyone in Wisconsin is just against him for some reason, because even before he had the beef with Rodgers, he really wasn't considered a bad GM, but the minute Rodgers is just like, you know, there's reports that Rodgers says it's either me or the GM, like, come on. Reports like that are why Aaron Rodgers hates the media. You don't just go out and say that Aaron Rodgers chose to set, went up to Mark Murphy and said, it's either me or Gutekunst. That's not, that's, that's probably not how it went, considering they're both still here. So, Brent Gutekunst deserves a lot of credit. He got Rasul Douglas, saw the talent in him, and he's going to be a very big player for us down the stretch. And he got Whitney Merciless, who, until he got hurt, was looking very good. He had, like, double-digit pressures. It was it was a good pickup by him. He's being very – something that the Packers really have never been able to do, not, haven't done in the past couple of years, at least in the LeFleur era, is just get these nice little pickups midseason. And these then the pickups are really tr- truly starting to pay off. So I'm going to do my takeaways from the Chicago GB game. Uh, remember, everything's scripted here. And uh, let's go. So Rodgers had his most really his most efficient great game of the season. He never missed a throw, made the correct read. He was always on time and is now neck and neck with Brady in the MVP race. That's kind of really all I got to say on that matter. Um, Rodgers was like on – Rodgers basically people – this is a this is a, kind of a report that – PFF kind of does with Rodgers, or people on Twitter always say this about Rodgers. He's the best rhythm passer in the league, which means, like, when he's on a roll in the offense and everything, like, he's got the right plays, he's got the right plays scripted at the right time, and he knows exactly where his receivers are going to be, he's always, always going to make the right throw and always going to make the right read. He's just, he's just not a guy, again, going in the playoffs, this is so valuable, he's just not a guy that when the ball is in his hands, he's going to make a back-breaking mistake. It's just not something that's in Rodgers' DNA, and it never has been in his DNA. He just doesn't throw picks, and he's always so deadly accurate, it's really hard to pick him off because he's always going to put the ball in a place where only the receiver can get it. And for that, I just, it, it's so, I'm so grateful as a Packer fan knowing that I don't have to worry about my quarterback, you know, 
basically when I watch Rodgers throwing, him throwing a pick is always just in the back, back of my head. Like, there's no way he throws a pick here on the red zone. No way he throws a red zone interception. No way he throws a pick on in the in the negative side of the field. Like, he's just that, that good. And I truly think he's leading the MVP race over Tom Brady just because people don't realize this. Brady is leading the NFL in attempts by 100 and, like, over 100. And he's beating Rodgers in attempts by 130. Like... Yes, he's leading in passing yards and passing TDs, but those are such casual stats. Like, those are the surface-level stats. In just about every efficiency stat, in just about every, like, completion stat, like, efficiency stats, anything like that, Rodgers is beating Brady. He's beating him in passer rating. He's beating him... Uh, they're actually, I'm pretty sure they're dead even in completion percentage. And uh, QBR, he's leading. I mean, Rodgers, I think, is playing better. And if Rodgers was in the Arians' offense where you're, the quarterback's always throwing at least 40 times a game... Don't you think he'd have more passing yards than he does right now? No, because we have so many players around the field to use. We don't have Leonard Fournette, who's not like a who's not like a twenty carry plus guy like AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are combined. Not saying that either of them can whatever. You know what I meant. But anyways, that's just that's where I stand on the MVP race. Um speaking of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, the two headed monster in the backfield is gonna be scary come playoff time. It's hard to defend a bulldozer and an all purpose back in one backfield. That's why I love when those two are in the pony the pony backfield, which is them in the backfield together. Because you never know if it's going to be a play where Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones is going to be utilized in the pass game. You never know if they're going to be bulldozing it with A.J. Dillon. Hell, you never know if it's going to be an RPO with A.J. Dillon, you know, faking the run, and then and then Rodgers fakes it and throws it to A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones in the backfield. Like, it's such, so hard to cover, knowing that they're two polar opposites in terms of backs, yet are so, yet fit so well together. When it comes to you know game plans for teams like when Aaron Jones is in, you got to worry about the pass, but he can still run so hard. And then AJ Dillon now becoming a now becoming a great pass catcher out of the backfield. I mean, it's just both of them are so versatile and just run their running styles are so different. It's really it's really great knowing that like in there's gonna be there's gonna be certain games where the pat where like I'm gonna say this against the Bucks. Maybe AJ Dillon won't be able to run as much just because the Bucks front seven is amazing. So maybe that'll be like an Aaron Jones game where he's going to be getting the majority of the snaps because of how well he plays out of the backfield. Or maybe you'll be going up against a team like the... I can't even like... The, man, all these great... All these teams got great front sevens. Maybe the Vikings. Uh, I can see the Packers maybe going up against them and like if the Packers don't get the one seed or whatever. But yeah, you know what I mean. Any team that doesn't have a good front seven... Or any team that has a good sec, like any, any team that has a good secondary where you can pound it with AJ Dillon twenty times, I mean it's it's gonna be it's gonna be scary going to playoffs. Um, the O line played really well outside of the first quarter. Uh, these but these injuries, they really might come back to bite us. I mean Yash Yash Nash Yash Nishman played great, but how well will he play against a front like Tampa? See, this is what ha- when David Bakhtiari got hurt in, before the playoffs started. I, I wasn't exactly worried because Rick Wagner had been playing really, really well up to that point. And then he goes up against Tampa, and not only does he have a bad game, but Billy Turner has a bad game. Like, when you're going up against those great, great fronts, you got to have a guy like David Bakhtiari. you got to have a guy that just you know is not going to give up a sack on, a, on any play. And Yash, while I like him, how do you know, like, Jason Pierre-Paul or Shaquille Barrett or Leonard Floyd or any of these, or Von Miller, just how do you know that, that Yash is just 
He's a young guy. He's really a, he's a backup left tackle. How do you know he's not going to just get punished? That's what happened to Rick Wagner, and he had been playing really well up into the up until the Buccaneers game last year. It, it's just it's really hard to tell. They're playing well right now, but we'll, only time will tell how they're going to be able to play against Tampa if we go up against them. And there's a chance Billy's out for the year. I heard that they're hoping he's going to return this year. That would be a huge blow. I mean. Losing Alton was bad enough, but we cannot lose our two best tackles if David Bakhtiari just somehow doesn't make it back this season. But if Billy, but if Billy's out, Yash is going to play right tackle, and Bakhtiari when if if Bakhtiari comes back, which I really think he will. So yeah, I really, I'm worried about it. I'm really, I don't know how our O line's going to look going in the playoffs, but they're playing well right now. So I guess I, there's really nothing I can be mad about. Uh, Fields was under duress all night. Uh, Kenny, Kenny Clark is so good, it's not funny. Like, he's just in the backfield on almost every play. It's just, you, he's getting to the point where you have to double him every time. Like, he's getting to that sort of, sort of Aaron Donald level where, like, if you single, if you single block him, he's gonna make you pay for it. Uh, Rashawn was disruptive, and hey, he's still not fully healthy yet from that arm injury. And he always had a tackle on his heels. That's what I love about Rashawn Gary. Like, he, he collapses the pocket on his side, at least, so well. Like, I never see an old lineman really be comfortable blocking him because he's just so fast and so quick off the line of scrimmage. Um, Preston had his best game, of, maybe as a Packer. Uh, he really should get a standing ovation for how much he's improved. I mean, last year, sometimes I didn't even know if he, Preston Smith was on the field because he was just so ineffective. And last night, and, uh, and against the Bears on Sunday, Two sacks, a forced fumble. I mean, the guy's, the guy's really improved. I saw that um, he has 29 pe- pressures so far this year, and last year he had 29 pressures all season. I mean, he's he's really improved, and he's really, and uh, I'm really glad we got him that pay cut because we, because uh, we're really getting our money's worth with him. Secondary played great. Uh, not much else to say. When Jair comes back, Kevin King will be our fourth cornerback on our depth chart. And yes, that's a good thing, and that's not a diss on Kevin. Like, I will gladly take Kevin King as a fourth-string cornerback. And Rasul is better than him. Rasul just makes more plays. Rasul is just, he's hot right now. Like, Shannon Sharp said this on Undisputed. Like, he is sitting on every route. You're going to have to double-move him. Because if you don't double-move him, he's going to bite. And I feel like... Maybe, maybe, maybe good quarterbacks will take advantage of that in the playoffs. We'll see. But uh, Jair, I th- my guess is Jair is back this Sunday. I'm not sure. Man, when he when we get him back, our safeties. I've been saying this since Jair since uh, the Arizona game. When you get our when you give our safeties along with Stokes, Jair, Rasul, and Kevin. Oh God, that's a great great secondary. Now we got to get into the meat potatoes of what made this game not a blowout. Special teams. This is uh, this is getting r- really ridiculous. There were like ten mistakes that prevented that game from being a blowout. I'm really not sure what we do here. I mean, firing Mo, Mo Drayton, I don't think will will be much help. But if this issue isn't fixed by the playoffs, this might cost us a rule. Any time you have special teams issues that are this bad, the team that the team that has the these bad special issues lose special teams issues lose early in the playoffs. If we are playing any other team on Sunday night. Like any other solid, solid team, we are losing that game. I mean, Malik Taylor, the ball is going straight out of bounds on the kickoff. Malik Taylor decides to catch it for some reason. He drops it right into the end zone. We're stuck at the five. There's one. 
let up the most bizarre punt return, had him down at the five, and somehow, some way, returned the punt for for a touchdown. Amari Rogers dropped. Uh, Amari Rogers dropped a punt that he was that he was completely lucky that it, there was a penalty on the a whole other side of the field. The Marquez Valdez Scantling dropped an onside kick. Um, there was a we had a kick out of bounds. Mason Crosby had a kick out of bounds. The only thing I could, that really didn't happen was missed field goals. It, I mean, it was it was it was that bad. I there was a tweet that had like all every single mistake. It was it's honestly any time you if if I saw the Packers had that you know all those special teams mistakes and I saw that tweet before the game, I would have predicted them to lose. I really don't know how that game was that close, but man, when that the special teams is like making game is like changing games, that's just not something you want going into playoffs, and that's really something that's going to scare me. But, you can't live in fear, ladies and gentlemen, you can't live in fear, because right now the Packers have the one seed, and we all got to be grateful. Alright, that'll be it for me tonight. I will do a couple segments tomorrow, and I will upload the podcast tomorrow. But, uh, hope everyone sleeps tight, and we'll see you in the morning. God, I can already feel myself getting sick. It's so annoying, because all my friends got sick. Most of them did. They got the cold, they got the sore throat, and somehow, some way, I haven't gotten it yet. But I feel I can already feel it coming on, which really sucks. Is literally a month ago I got sick twice in one month. So I feel like you know, now God would just say, you know, let get, let, let Bruce give give Bruce some time before his next sick, sickness, but I guess not because I could already feel myself getting congested. But we got to play through it. So, I got uh, my pick four parlay this week. And let me just say, I said this in the beginning, we're, I feel like we're going to go predominantly spreads. Uh, the money line picks are just a little, not saying they're bad, it's just like, it always feels like I'm like winning. always feels like I'm winning, winning my spread picks, so we got to stick with what's working here. So... My first pick, it is going to be Patriots and the Colts. I'm going to go Patriots money line. Uh, the spread's two and a half, so I feel like that's a small enough spread where I can pick the Patriots. Uh, Patriots are the hottest team in the NFL right now, and uh, Bill Belichick coming off a bye, I really like that. And the Patriots run defense has just been absolutely lights out this year. And without Jonathan, if Jonathan Taylor really can't get going, then the Colts, I don't see a way the Colts can really. Uh, get their offense to where it needs to be because Carson Wentz kind of needs that weight taken off of him. And as a passer, I feel like Carson Wentz is the perfect guy that Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick can take advantage of. So I'll take the Patriots' uh, money line, spreads two and a half. Uh, yeah, it's in Indianapolis, but I like the I like the Patriots in here. You know, trying to keep the one seed. Now the Colts are. I wouldn't be shocked if the Colts won just because the Colts are trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. I think they're in the playoffs right now if this season ended today, so they're going to try to keep that going in a very competitive NFC, AFC, sorry. Next, uh, what a shock. I got the Packers covering the spread against the Ravens. Uh, the spread's kind of, the spread I'm shocked was this, uh, I was really hope I was really hoping that, uh, Lamar was going to play so I could get, you know, a good, a really good spread for this game. And Lamar is going to play probably, which is why the spread's at four and a half for the Ravens plus four and a half. Um, yeah, the Packers could easily win this game by a touchdown. It's in Baltimore, but 
the Packers, uh, Aaron Rodgers um, against a beat-up Ravens secondary. Marlon Humphrey's been out for the year. Jimmy Smith got hurt. Um, Marcus Peters has been out for the year. I mean, it, I don't see a way the – I feel like the Packers line can give Rodgers enough time to, you know, gonna kind of take advantage of that secondary. And uh, on the defensive side, the Packers really have done well against uh, – you know, against mobile quarterbacks, they did well against Kyler. They did well against Patrick Mahomes. They kind of just, they kind of really blitz them and make sure that they can't, you know, extend plays and let the receivers get open, which I really like. Uh, so yeah, I, I think just send send a lot of pressure at send a lot of pressure at Lamar with uh, on that bum angle. I don't know how he'll be. I don't know how he'll be running. If he's running well, then that's da- that's dangerous for the Packers, but. It's not like the Ravens really have a game-changing receiver that I'm worried about. Uh, and Jair Alexander will probably be back, so that only it only ups the Packers' chances. So, Packers spread minus 4.5 over the Ravens. Next, uh, this is my favorite pick uh, of the weekend. Actually, no, we'll, we'll do that one last. This one, I thought this was a gift. Uh, so, Seahawks at Rams. Uh, the Rams are getting only 4.5. I will take that and swallow the points. The Seahawks are a bad football team. I don't know what you, I don't know what you want me to say. They have a terrible defense. Russ, you Russ, while he's been playing all right, pretty well the past two weeks. Um, I really don't like I really don't like them against that Rams front. Uh, Aaron Donald has been wreaking. Aaron Donald came off arguably his most dominant game of the season against the Cardinals. I mean, you just can't you can't even really double that guy. He just somehow finds a way to get in the backfield. It, it's it's insane. He's one of the greatest football players I've ever seen in my life, and the Seahawks old line is atrocious. So you really think that you really think that Russell Wilson is going to get much time to throw against that against that defense? Couple that with the couple that with the Rams' great secondary. Like, how many chances do you think Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are going to get? Not a lot. And uh, yeah, the Rams are coming off a really big win. Uh, I think they're trying to prove to people that they're the most talented team in the NFL. They're way up there. I mean that team is just star-studded as all, as it can be, and yeah, five, four and a half points is just not a lot of points for a, a really for arguably the most talented team in the NFL against a bad football team. I don't care if it's a divisional rival, division rival, and I don't care if it's still Russell Wilson on one side. I like the Rams here, and I like Jared, I like Matt Stafford to throw for a lot of yards against the Seahawks. Now, my favorite pick of the week. I am I am so excited for this one. The Saints and the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are getting 11 points. 11. Against the team that against the team that Tom Brady has struggled the most with in his 2 years with Tampa. Tom Brady, Tom Brady in his 3 games against the Saints since joining Tampa. This is going to be the 4th game on Sunday. He has probably had his he had arguably his worst game as a professional on Sunday night football against the Saints. I believe that game was in Tampa. Yeah, I think it was in Tampa. Yeah, it was in Tampa. That game was in Tampa late in the season. Tom Brady, I think, threw three picks and had a QBR of definitely less than 15. It was just... And then on top of that, his the opener last year against the Saints in New Orleans played terrible through about two picks. I mean, he just did not look good, and that's when people thought, like, dang, maybe Tom Brady really is feeling his age. And then this year, threw, a, threw two picks and a game and a back-breaking pick six when... You know, Tom Brady's on the bench, and and the you know the camera zooms in on him. It's like, oh, you gave Tom Brady too much time. Next thing you know, three plays later, he throws a pick six. I 
I think the Buccaneers will win. I didn't want to put. I obviously didn't want to put Saints money line because that's just way too risky for the Saints. And uh, Taysom Hill, who could definitely end up throwing throwing multiple interceptions and turn the ball over a lot, which could just end end up breaking this game open. But you're giving me you're giving me 11 points for a defense that has given Tom Brady so many fits and a defensive coordinator in Dennis Allen who has given Tom Brady so many fits as a Buccaneer. I just, I, 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 it honestly baffles me that, that that spread was 11. I'm not saying the Buccaneers will win, but you're giving me 11 points for the Saints against the Buccaneers, against Tom Brady. It'll, I think it'll be closer than that. I think the Saints could definitely lose by 10. Heck, maybe even win. It wouldn't shock me. And I really, really need Tom Brady to have a bad game if we want Aaron Rodgers to win MVP. All right, so that's my parlay. Uh, let's go over it one more time. We got Patriots money line, uh, Packers spread over the Ravens, um, Rams spread over the Seahawks minus four and a half, Packers minus four and a half, Patriots money line, and Saints plus eleven. I feel like that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. I actually have no idea what I'm what my next what my last segment is gonna be, so I'm gonna think that over and get back to you guys. So I haven't really been able to talk much NBA uh, while the NFL season has been going on. There's just been too much to talk about in the NFL, and uh, the NBA regular season is garbage. But um, I feel like I need to give a really big – I feel like I really need to talk about Steph Curry more. So Steph broke the uh, the NBA three-points record yesterday. He overtook Ray Allen. And what's baffling to me is just we, we need to really look back at Steph Curry's career. As a basketball player, it's truly, it's truly remarkable because, first off, he's 33 years old, and he broke the three-point record, and you know damn well he's got at least four good, like like elite years left, as a basketball player. I feel I, that's like I really think he can like be a great basketball player until he's 37. I mean, the NBA is just so much different than the NFL. Like, your body really isn't breaking down as much because players are load managing. And, you know, they're taking a lot of rest, and the game is just a little... The, the game's just not as hard on the body. It's more about skill rather than just being tough. And, like, it, it, I, I'm going to talk about LeBron, though. Like, look at him. He's, what, 38, 37? And most players back in, like, the 90s, if you were 38, 37, you were on your last legs or retired. And LeBron's, like, still a top-five basketball player at 38. And Michael Jordan at, what... 36 was, and Michael Jordan at 38, he was retired for, I don't know, the second or third time. I don't think he's playing the Wizards at that old, but, uh, but yeah, Steph Curry, like, he's going to keep shooting these three, he, like, nobody, it's going to be a long time before his three-point record is broken if he keeps up this pace, but, um, I want to talk about the impact he's had on the NBA, so, Steph Curry around, around when he, f- about, like, when his, when his first MVP he was doing things that nobody had seen before, like from an NBA player. Like Ray Allen, guys like great shooters like Ray Allen and Reggie Miller, guys just like could just spot up on the perimeter and they were just automatic. That was those were the shoot those were like the great shooters that the NBA was used to seeing. But then you got this this guy from Davidson who has who has who's marginally athletic, uh not really not not the biggest guy. He's what six three, not not very big in terms of his strength, but what he does have is just this 
un this unspeakable, just un even unfathomable fathomable ability to shoot from deep. And not like deep like you're saying from deep like just a regular three pointer. No, he's out here shooting from thirty footers from the lo like logo shots. Nobody had seen that in their lives. And he's making them efficiently. That's the part that always baffles me about Steph Curry. He's shooting all these shots. He's shooting what? Averaging like what? Nine, ten threes a game. And he's a 40% three-point shooter. And when you and he's over a 40% free throw shooter. And the, the craziest part about it, most of the threes he takes, not, not a lot of them are wide open. Like if Steph Curry's shooting a wide open three, it, it's like obviously it's going in. But then most of the times it's, you know, he gives you a dribble combo, and then he steps back, and he there's a defender right in his face, and he's somehow able to swish it and make it look so easy. But the way he's changed basketball, in my opinion, is, like I said, when Steph Curry was doing these, was taking these amazing threes and these super deep threes, nobody had seen that before in their lives. Now, in the present-day NBA, guys like even LeBron are just when when they have enough space they're just going to shoot it. That's what Steph Curry did. Steph Curry inspired so many basketball players in America. Like when you're going into the gym and you pick up and you pick up a basketball and you're just shooting around and you take a three, most of the t a lot of the times people just take a few steps back. They take a few steps back and they, you know, they point to the ground and said I'm shooting from here. And they shoot it. Like, if you want more space to take your three, just back up. That's what Steph Curry did. So, it's really an inspiring story about where he came from. Like, he came from Davidson. Had this remarkable March Madness run that really cemented his draft status. Comes into the draft. People don't know if his play style is going to be, you know, is going to translate to the NBA. Just because people don't shoot threes like that. Like, it just it's not a thing. No, people don't shoot threes like that, but... Who's to say it couldn't work? And Steph Curry proved every single hit, every single person wrong. Now, like when you go, even going into, even if you're talking about like draft people, like players draft stats, when people are going into the, when people are going into the league, one thing that people look for is can he shoot, and if he can't shoot, can he shoot from deep? Because now, now you understand like you're getting an efficient shot from so far away. Like that's some that's something that's on a person's draft profile if they can do it well. If they can shoot deep if they can shoot from deep well and they can shoot like thirty footers and you can shoot from the logo. That's that's something that's so valuable to, in today's NBA because the defense is especially in the regular season, the defense just they don't try as much. So you can just you can take deep threes. It's maybe not as efficient for some people, but you can take those deep threes and you're gonna and you feel like you got a good shot. That's what Steph Curry did. So it's truly remarkable how Steph Curry's career arc has been. I mean, the guy is just—he's—he's he's a wizard. He—he he honestly doesn't seem real. He's one of the most unique basketball players in NBA history. May be the most unique basketball player in NBA history. Like you can say, Michael Jordan is arguably the most popular athlete, American athlete of all time. But you can't deny that Steph Curry is the most. Uh, he changed. He's the he changed that he changed the NBA, he changed the game like no other athlete in NBA history has ever done. And he's just so likable too. Like like everyone, I, how can you say you don't like Steph Curry? It's just it's 
the guy, he, I mean, he's just perfect. He's he's literally just the perfect player for for our league, for the NBA. It's just, it's truly remarkable stuff. So yeah, uh, congratulations to Steph Curry. I know he's listening right now. You have had a remarkable NBA career. You're the greatest point guard of all time. But uh, why don't you go win yourself an MVP, win another title, cement yourself as a top 10, maybe top 5 player of all time. So that should do it today. Pray for me. I really hope I don't wake up sick or even get sick tonight because I'm watching Spider-Man No Way Home on Friday, and I do not want to be sick for that. That is going to be insane. And by the way, if Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire aren't in the movie, I am going to be irate on this podcast next Tuesday. So, you guys have a good day. Don't be listening to my podcast in, in school. Hit the books. Stay in school. Pay attention to your teachers. See you later. Thirsty, thirsty, trying to choose. I mean, I know I'm critical. My nitty bag, my kitty boots. I got the juice, I got the juice. Channel, Adam's on. Foolies glad I'm on. Even my haters kinda glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my